Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Mav Podcast. I am John. I am Bridget. And I'm Jolene. Three of us here today to talk about the series against Western Michigan. We got bobbleheads to talk about, the UNO pep band on the ice, new third jerseys, all kinds of interesting stuff. While Jason is at a uh, a youth hockey tournament with uh, your daughter, Lexi Jolene in Owatonna, Minnesota. He's been uh, Facebook living those games uh, in the Facebook group for that team. Uh, has he uh, mentioned anything interesting that has uh, gone on this weekend? Uh, not a whole lot interesting. He says it's cold up there. They're on their way back now. So it's kind of a rough weekend for the girls, but they still had fun. It's good to have you finally make your debut here in early December. So Western Michigan came into town on uh, December 2nd and 3rd. Uh, This was a big series. Western Michigan was ranked 14th in the country. They were the top scoring team in the nation. UNO came off that great split against number one DU out at Magnus Arena last weekend. So this was a big one coming in. I predicted that we would get the sweep. Jason predicted that we would get a split on the weekend. Um, but going into that Friday game, what did you uh, what did you think of that first period? Well, uh, the first part of the first period was very discouraging. The Mad Boney driver said that he almost considered packing up and going back home to Lincoln because uh, we got down three nothing uh, early in the first period, and it certainly could have been a blowout for that number one uh, Western Michigan offense. But uh, boy, you know, our boy Tyler Weiss came through, started a scoring explosion for the Mavericks. So I was pretty happy after that, but that first part was rough. Yeah, I know, three unanswered goals for WMU. What did you think, Jolene, when Tyler got that goal to start the scoring for the Mavs? Oh, well, that was that was exciting. I had uh, brought a friend, actually, that used Jason's ticket. And after we were down 3 nothing, I said, well, I didn't promise you that it would be a good game that you would see. <laughs> um, but by the end of the second, I was like, I, I take that back. You're going to see it a great game. This team, I feel like, is a little bit different than teams we've seen in the past in that they do not give up when they are down. You know, they're like, yep, we're just going to keep going and doing our business. And you know, they came out a little sluggish, but then they turned it around. I think it was uh, the fan in front of me that said, where's our team from last weekend? And, you know, within a little bit, they showed up. Yeah, that was a great goal by Tyler. That was kind of a statement goal. You could tell that the team really got fired up after that. And then about a minute and a half later, Nolan Krenzen gets a goal, which was a kind of a crazy rebound goal. It looked like off the boards there with an assist to Jack Randall. So the Mavs, we're closing in at the end of that first period. They they cut the lead three to two. And then we go into the second period. And boy, that was that was an amazing. So that was one of the best and most entertaining second periods we've seen. 443 into the period. Jacob Gavin gets the tying goal for UNO at that point. Great to see the defenseman get that score. I, I gotta ask, so what were you thinking? As they tied it up, the fans were excited. There was an energy in the place. What did you think at that point? 
Well, I was excited, obviously, but also cautiously optimistic. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I didn't know that it was going to drop on Western Michigan. I thought, you know, maybe they would start their scoring uh, explosion, but boy, it, it wasn't. And that next play was just incredible. Jolene, uh, we'll let you describe that one. Uh, yeah, the next goal, I mean, Sports Center top 10 for sure. You know, we picks up, you know, kind of a broken play and gets the puck spins around, backhands it over to Berg, who also spins and finds the back of the net. I mean, that was just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that was that was an amazing goal. That better be an NCHC top five play of the week because uh, those guys were like running like a well-oiled machine. You could not, you couldn't draw that thing up. About a minute and a half later, Ray Fust gets his first goal as a Mab. At that point, we're leading Five to three. Did you think UNO was going to hold the five to three lead at that point? They were showing signs of increasing confidence at that point. I think, again, just the more that they poured it on, the more Western was a little bit back on its heels. I saw a lot of aggressive forecheck, really keeping the Western players, you know, from getting a lot of momentum coming up the ice. And so I was feeling a lot better at that point. But again, you still never know how it's going to go. So cautiously optimistic, I'd say. As we were sitting there talking during the game, we're like, man, this is going to be a brutal one to talk about because it was like goal, 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 goal. UNO getting down early three to nothing scores seven unanswered goals in this game. Boy, quite a second period. Uh, We got Johnny Tyconic in there. Uh, He gets the sixth goal for UNO and Ty Mueller gets the seventh goal for UNO. Certainly, we've seen scoring by committee for UNO. They've really been able to spread it out this uh, this season, right, Jolene? Absolutely. I mean, between the two nights, we saw 10 different goal scorers. You and Jason talked earlier about, you know, where's our scoring going to come from? Well, it's going to come from everywhere. Like, there is not a line out there that's not a threat to score. And I just have to say, the the celebration on Ray Fuss' goal might have been better than the goal itself. So I just loved it. Their their excitement and energy for each other is is amazing to see. Was that the goal where it seemed like uh, Joaquin LeMay, like he gave him a hug, but like he took him <laughs> like it took him down on the. It's almost like he like yeah. <laughs> yes, that that is the one where he just barreled him on, and you know they were just so excited. It was just. It's great to watch this young team come together, you know, from what we saw at the beginning of the season till now. Matt Miller mentioned in the uh, in the Tuesday presser uh, how the team was really starting to gel and how the uh, how the chemistry between the players was like nothing he'd seen before. So it's always great to hear that. And uh, we're up seven to three. We're going into the third. I think we were all fairly confident with a four goal lead at that point, but uh, the Broncos had something else to say about that in a minute 43 into the third period, Dylan went uh, scores the fourth goal for the Broncos. And then the Broncos go on to score two more goals in that period. It was tight. It was close. The last half of the third period, seven to six. I was worried that some little fluky bounce or something was going to cause us to to lose our lead. It was going to be a tie. It was going to go to overtime. I was like, no, don't, don't blow that kind of lead. But the Mavs held on to win. Very exciting game. Some people said this was one of the strangest games that they had seen, uh, seen for UNO in quite some time. Uh, Would both of you agree? It it definitely was uh, exciting. Uh, I think it was nerve wracking 
strange. I don't know. I, I would have expected um, stranger things, but it was, it was very entertaining. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the uh, Miami game a few years ago, the 11 to seven. It's like, when are we going to play defense? I don't know if we're going to play. It's when we scored the eighth goal that then didn't count was overturned via offsides. I was super confident once we scored eight and then they took it away. And I was like, oh no, now I'm starting to worry. It was entertaining. Uh, I did question whether to tell Jason to get back and live stream something. I didn't care what, because he started live streaming and then UNO scored all seven of their goals during the entire uh, game that he live streamed for Lexi. And then when it was over, you know, Western Michigan went back to scoring. So, I mean, I hope Jason had a good time uh, live streaming in Owatonna, Minnesota, because he may be going there uh, for several series uh, going forward here the rest of the first half and into the second half. So he's going to get some uh, frequent uh, traveler miles there. But you're right. That third period, it felt like we were playing, kind of playing prevent defense. And as we all know, the old adage is, you know, the prevent defense prevents you from winning. So uh, so they got to they got to keep pushing, keep going at it. And uh, and I think good things will happen. It's hard when you have a lead, especially with a young team that's you know, still gelling, still getting used to each other, but a great win for UNO to start this series off. And then we go into Saturday and I'll be honest with you. I had no idea what was going to happen after such a, a crazy emotional win for UNO. Honestly, part of me was thinking that Western Michigan was going to come out on all cylinders and that we might be a little tired, a little flat after such an emotional win. And so I was thinking we might lose that Saturday game. What, what were you thinking, Bridge? I felt the same. I thought maybe there would be that emotional letdown. I also thought that maybe Western would come out and, you know, shellac us 10 to one or something like that. You just didn't know what to expect. Jolene, what were your thoughts? I certainly did not expect the outcome that we got, but I think once Omaha got that first goal, that really changed the momentum. I think that game could have gone either way, depending on who scored first. And we happened to be the ones to find the back of the net first. And I think that gave our team the confidence to, you know, continue from Friday and say, yep, we still got this. This is our game. Yeah. The transfer from Notre Dame, Jake Pabanka gets that goal. Uh, he's had a really good season this year. Uh, he struggled to score uh, the, the years that he was at uh, Notre Dame. And uh, yeah, we saw a more disciplined uh, UNO team, I thought, on Saturday night. You know, one of the things that Jason talked about last week in our preview of this series was that puck possession is key and that puck possession is so important in the uh, uh, in the collegiate game these days. And certainly against a team like Western Michigan, you really have to limit those opportunities. You've got to close gaps. You've got to close lanes. You've got to keep those high-powered forwards from scoring. And, uh, and I think puck possession really was was better for UNO on Saturday night. And we start off the, the game after Pavanka's goal, uh, you know, in the second period, we get, we get a goal from Jack Randall. And about eight minutes later, we get one from seven and a half, eight minutes later, we get one from Nolan Sullivan. We went up three to nothing and we held, we held that lead for, for quite, quite some time in that period. And uh, I really thought that this team showed that they want to achieve something this season. And, uh, and that was great. Now, Ryan McAllister, again, the uh, super freshman for a Western Michigan gets a goal uh, in the latter half of the second period. And I really thought 
that that might mean a comeback for Western in the third period. But it was kind of an interesting third period. It sure was. I mean, we uh, we started on the third period with almost seven minutes of power play time. It was a hit right at the end. I don't know. John, you want to talk about that? Yeah, well, as you both are well aware and as Jason's well aware, <laughs> I, there's nothing I love better than talking about major penalties this season. Um, yeah, the close of the second period is very, very interesting. There was a there was a vicious hit on Joaquin LeMay uh, in that period. He really got his bell rung by uh, by Hillebrand for WMU, and he he took a an elbow an elbow to the face, and it was uh, it was not a pretty play. And Joaquin went down, uh, and he didn't return uh, for the game. I'm still befuddled that they didn't call anything immediately after the play uh the officials ended up reviewing it it ended up being a five minute major it was just weird that we didn't end up scoring on that five minute major but bridge what did you think of that penalty uh as you were watching uh, i know you were uh, filming as lemay was down on the ice i was really worried about him uh, what did you think well the right before that uh the western player hillbrand he had taken a puck. We're not sure where uh, it was potentially a sensitive area or the neck. Still not sure. And so he was down for quite a bit. And then when he got back up, he was the one that ended up, you know, striking LeMay is, is my understanding of it. Again, I was watching it, but trying to comprehend at the same time, because play went on for quite some time with him down. And then he got back up. And then of course it was the end of the second period, but boy, we really wish LeMay the best. I, I had heard, um, coach say that at the post-game press conference that he was um, being evaluated. So hopefully, hopefully he can come back from that soon. Yeah. One of our uh, talented uh, uh, freshmen uh, out of the uh, Quebec youth ranks. Uh, so yeah, we definitely want him back and uh, we hope everything's okay. So hopefully we'll get a status update uh, before uh, the Colorado college series this week, but yeah, oddly enough, we did not end up scoring on that. Uh, and there were, there were no goals the rest of the way, but UNO ends up winning three to one. We end up sweeping the number 14 team in the nation. I mean, I'm tell you guys what, this is uh this is a team that's kind of on fire right now. They got a little bit of momentum going. I mean, right now in the conference, we are four, three, and one. And that's crazy after the start we had in October. I, you know, I remember thinking after that exhibition against Minnesota State Mankato that things were, were probably going to be pretty good against our non-conference opponents, but we ended up getting swept at home by Niagara. Uh, so this team is, they're really resilient. They just, they keep chipping away. They keep uh, moving forward. And one of the interesting things in the post-game presser that uh, Jack Randall mentioned was he mentioned that the team has a goal of winning the Penrose Cup and I don't think I remember in recent history any UNO team mentioning the Penrose, which is what you win for winning uh, winning the uh, regular season conference title. So, you know, give these guys credit. I, I love that, that they have a goal that's a goal that's out of reach, that they can just keep kind of moving towards. And as we all know, a lot of times in hockey, it's about inertia. Objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Objects at rest tend to stay at rest. So it was just great to hear that from him. And I feel like this is a team on a mission right now. So hopefully before the Christmas break here, uh, they can get some more uh, positive mojo uh, in that uh, series out of Colorado College.
As Jolene pointed out, a lot of different Mavericks scored this weekend. We got to see two different goalies this weekend. It was interesting. We had uh, Kaharski on Friday night, and then we had uh, freshman Simon Lakotsi back in the lineup. Who are your players of the weekend? I'll go with you first, Bridge. Who did you like this weekend? Well, you've called him Mr. Dependable in uh, previous podcasts, so I'm going to go with... uh... Our buddy, Jack Randall, who has 14 goals on the season, a nation leading 14 goals. You know, again, we had all these different scores. He really made an impression. He had uh, six assists so far in the season, including one of them on Friday night and then that important goal on Saturday night. So my pick is Jack Randall. Great pick as usual. He's been one of the most pleasant surprises for UNO this season. Transfer from uh, Michigan that, uh, according to Mike Gabinette, they spent a lot of time recruiting him, and I'm glad he's having a a breakthrough season this season because it's nice to see him have success. So, Jolene, who did you like this weekend? Normally, when your husband is on the podcast, uh, I always wonder if he's going to pick Tyler Weiss. Are you picking Tyler Weiss? I don't think we picked Tyler Weiss in an episode this season, which is you know amazing because it seemed like we picked him in every episode past like four seasons. Who did you like as your player of the week this week? Well, like you said, I could pick Tyler Weiss. I mean, he started off the scoring on Friday night. He had that great setup for Berg, top 10 play. However, I'm going to go against what Jason would probably do, and I'm going to pick Lacozzi as my player of the game to come in on Saturday, not having started a game since the end of October against Long Island, you know, taking on a, well, the top scoring team in the country after they just scored six the night before, you know, that's got to be tough. And he held them to one goal. So the team seemed to really play well in front of him, but he made some great saves to, to keep us in there and, you know, keep that momentum going. So I'm going to go with Lacozzi for the weekend. Good to see him back in the lineup. I know that uh, Coach Gabinet, he's a fairly conservative guy when it comes to goaltenders. And if he finds a guy who's steady and dependable, he tends to stick with that player. So I'm glad they found a situation to get him back in the lineup. I think that was a, a good confidence boost for him, a good win, because we're going to need him down the stretch because there are going to be weeks when uh, Jake Kuharski's off. So uh, great to get Simon back in the game. I'm torn now. I feel like I should pick Tyler Weiss because, I mean, we love Tyler. When Bridget was uh, doing the Facebook Live of the post-game fight song celebration on Friday night, Tyler came up and he put his hand in front of her camera and he was smiling and laughing. We love Tyler. I've got to go with the freshman, Ray Fust. I picked Jacob Slippick when he got his first goal as a Maverick a few weeks ago, and I've got to go with Ray Fust. You know, this is a player who I had relatively high expectations for uh, coming in. He had uh, 13 goals and seven assists with the Waterloo Blackhawks last season. Waterloo Blackhawks last. I just want to say Waterloo Blackhawks, like it's Cindy Lou Who or something since it's Christmas season. So the Waterloo Blackhawks, uh, 13 goals, seven assists. Fun fact about him. He played uh, prep hockey. He played for Northwood High, their prep team, uh, back in 2019-20 with Jacob Gavin. 
So that was a that was kind of an interesting little tidbit that I found. And that season, uh, that season, Fust had 43 goals and 27 assists. So I think he's a guy who can really become a force. And it was just great to see him be part of that scoring explosion on Friday night. So I've got to go with the the player from Switzerland, Ray Fust, honoring a new Mav this week. So we'll, we'll try to get you next week, Tyler. Just keep keep chugging along with the with those uh, amazing dangles and those amazing assists because uh, that's right, because we uh, we heart you here. We definitely love you. Turning to our first things you missed at Baxter Arena, or because Jason isn't here and he missed a lot of stuff, we'll say things Jason missed at Baxter Arena. Our first thing you may have missed if you weren't at Baxter Arena or you were out in the concourse getting concessions or you were in the restroom, uh, the UNO Pep Band in the second intermission on Friday night came out onto the ice and performed a few songs. So I got to ask you, Bridge, what did you think? We had gotten a we'd gotten a teaser from Michael Sharp earlier in the week that this was going to happen. What did you think of having the band on the ice? You and I actually back in, gosh, it was, I think, 07, we took a trip uh, to Ohio State and the Ohio State marching band during that series came out onto the ice uh, and marched up and down the ice. It was fairly spectacular um that's a you know like a big 10 football band i mean it was amazing so what did you think of the uno pep band uh having a little bit of risk going out there on a slick surface and uh, performing for the fans well i was really glad for the heads up because i had made a run out to the car for more streamers in the first intermission so i was glad to be in the building to see the second one and like you said it really harkened back to when we saw the ohio state marching band out there you didn't mention flaming batons that was uh probably my favorite part of it um and i i took some video of that of the uh three um women performing with the flaming batons you hardly ever see fire on ice at baxter arena so that was the first but I really enjoyed it. I thought that it really was a neat treat for this, uh, you know, large crowd that Mike West and the crew at uh, the UNO Athletic Department were able to put together for uh, Friday night. And I just thought that it was uh, icing on the cake. How about you, Jolene? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I mean, having a daughter who who's in the band, she thought that was awesome to see him on the ice. I was happy to see that nobody fell. Um they played, you know, the, the fight song and then uh, YMCA to get the crowd into it. My only critique would be uh, I understand why they faced the club section because that's where the cameras are. But it would have been nice at the end if they would have just maybe just turned around and played the fight song one more time for, for because there's so many more people on the other side to, to hear it and see them a little bit better. But uh, I loved it. I hope they do it again. I love the fact that they're trying new things. I know that... Uh... Mike West is trying a lot of different things. And look, I, in order to kind of start new traditions, you got to try new things. So uh, it was uh, great to see the band uh, on the ice and hopefully we'll see them again. Our next Things You Missed at Baxter Arena. We got, some, we got some merch. We got some swag before the Saturday night game. Vance Thompson Vision which I'll tell you what, Vance Thompson Vision should really sponsor this podcast because they seem to love UNO hockey. And we got 
bobbleheads. The first thousand fans before the game got bobbleheads. Jolene, I took a picture. I made her a little background. And these are really nice. They came in a nice box. The stick was detached. Sometimes these things are all molded together. And sometimes these like appendages like this can break. But this is nice. It's got the Vance Thompson logo. So Kevin, Kevin Oswald, uh, a fellow fan who works for Vance Thompson Vision, worked on this and arranged this with UNO. These are really nice. I told him thank you before the game. Uh, some youth hockey players were handing them out to fans. What do you guys think about this stuff? Uh, fans love, I know it seems simple, and I know a lot of people might you know shrug this stuff off. There were a number of fans around us, you know, Scott behind us, Jamie uh, to the left of us. They were sad that they didn't get there in time to get one of these fun little bobbleheads. We got there early, uh, used our Blue Line Club membership, got in a little few minutes early. And uh, when we went to the Blue Line Club to to get some popcorn for the kids and stuff, uh, they were mentioning, they said, you know, there's a lot of people come early when they're giving something away. So <laughs> it was nice to see. It's a fun thing to remember. We brought a friend to the game. She got one. She couldn't believe it. It was like, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. It's just a really fun treat to have something different and new. I was really disappointed that I didn't have uh, my niece and nephew Blaze in Scotland with us because then we could have gotten two more, uh, but they had another family obligation. So John and I got two and they only gave away a thousand. I really wish uh, that they'd you know, been able to give away more because like John said, there were a lot of, you know, longtime fans that uh, weren't able to participate in that. But I'm so glad that we were able to get there. And we also used the Blue Line Club early entry to get in. But I will treasure my little Durango bobblehead for the rest of my life. Again, I love these things. It encourages fans to get there and get in their seats early, which I think is always important. Great job, Vance Thompson Vision, on these and consider sponsoring the Mad Podcast in the future. So, our next things you missed at Baxter Arena. Jason and I, in a uh, another episode this season, we talked about the third jersey, special occasion jerseys for the team. Uh, Jason wanted to talk about that. It proved to be a very popular topic. Chris Bame designed multiple concepts after we talked about it uh, over the course of... Uh, the following week or two, it was a, it was a lot of fun to see some of the concepts. He came up with some great concepts. We'll have to feature them on a podcast uh, at some point down the road. But UNO, the gray jerseys that were uh, introduced last season uh, during UNO's uh, 25th anniversary season, the gray jerseys were back on Saturday night. This year, on the right shoulder was the flag for each of the players where they came from. So the Canadian players, the Slovakian players, Ray Fust had the Swiss flag on uh, his shoulder. This was pretty cool. And I know that there have been past uh, NHL All-Star Game jerseys where they've included uh, the flag. I think I read online that the uh, 1998-99 All-Star jerseys that were worn, it was, uh, it was North America versus the world. And uh, everybody had a flag uh, embroidered onto their jersey. What did you think, Bridge, of having the flag? I thought it was awesome because I don't think I've seen any other team in college hockey do that with the jersey. And I thought it was a really nice touch because as the next few years progress, we're going to have uh, more and more players from outside of the United States on the team. 
That was the first thing I noticed when UNO Hockey's Twitter account posted pictures of it in the locker room. I zoomed in on one picture and I thought, what is that? And the minute that I figured out that it was country flags, I thought that is just such a cool touch. I'm so glad that they did it. Again, it's a way to recognize those international players. And I want one of those jerseys. I agree. I love the jerseys. I love the inclusion of the flag. Um, for the countries for every player. I'm sure it means a lot to them to have that on their jerseys. I also love last year's gray jerseys, the nameplates. They were so hard to read uh, with the color. And I see that they fixed that this year. Um, you can, you can actually see the names, you know, who the players are now. Um, Jason did mention that it was harder to tell the difference on the video feed of the game between the gray and the, uh, I guess it's dark brown that Western wore. And I can see that it is it is a little more difficult, but you know, I think some of that is just our our video production as well. So um I love them. I hope we get to see them for the Saturday games for the rest of the season. So yeah, you know, we talk about UNO uh historically speaking, being a relatively new program, having started uh started playing in the fall of 1997. And and we talk about the fact that we don't have the like long gestating tradition that programs like North Dakota and Minnesota do. And so little things like this can become UNO's tradition going forward. You know, I think about, you know, several years ago, uh, Oregon football, their apparel deal with Nike, you know, coming up with all of the crazy football uniform and helmet combinations every season. And non-tradition sort of became their tradition. You know, the traditional teams like Nebraska and Penn State during those years had these very boring uniforms that they've been wearing for decades. Uniform combinations and unique uniforms like this are becoming such a big part of college athletics. And I think the players love it. The fans love it. So I love that they did the flags. Like Bridget said, I'd love to be able to buy these jerseys. So UNO marketing folks, help us get these authentic jerseys from Adidas. You know, the sleeve can be empty and then we can all choose what flag we want. Do we want to have the U.S. flag because we're from here? Do we want to have the Canadian flag to show our support from the players from Canada? There were a number of us who used to wear these little Canada flag pins back in the early days of the program when we had a lot of players from Canada to show our support for those guys. I think it'd be great to get them. So hopefully we can get that taken care of at some point in the future. But before then, we've got to talk about UNO's upcoming trip to Colorado College. Bridget and I, before the season, were hoping to make this trip because we have not been to the new Ed Robeson Arena. We've been out to Colorado College, to World Arena to see a series. Jolene, I know you and Jason got to go out there last season. We had some... Uh, some photos uh, and some video on uh, last season's episode where we talked about that series. But what do you think about this series going in? Uh, this is one of those series when we look at last season, we had eight total games against Colorado College and Miami, and we did not have a lot of success last season against those two teams what do you think going into this series? Jolene, I'll start with you. What do you think about Colorado College coming up? I would say I am cautiously optimistic. 
Um, Colorado College, kind of like UNO, has had their ups and downs this season. They've they've won some bigger games, but they've also you know lost and, and tied some games that maybe they should have won. So Colorado College is one of those that's always hard. I don't know why, but UNO has has struggled against them when they shouldn't. And both at home and and out there, although I think we tend to do pretty good out there, even despite the altitude. When Jason and I did go this past January and, and got to see them in the new arena, um, they, they did win that game. And it, it's a it's a great arena, um, really small, you know, compact. So it's very loud. So it, it's a fun place to play, I think. Colorado College is coming off of a split with UMD in Duluth. And uh, both games were very competitive. And as John has pointed out many times, you know, sometimes previous UNO teams have played down to the level of their competition. I think that this might be uh, a watershed moment for UNO hockey, given the performance against Denver out in Denver and this sweep against Western Michigan. So this is going to be a really telling series going into that winter break, uh, which Maverick team shows up like you talked about, Jolene. CC is 6-9-1 and one on the season. They're 3-4-1 and one in conference play. They had a shutout on December 2nd against Minnesota Duluth. That's the second time they shut out uh, the Bulldogs this season. And that shutout happened, uh, happened in Duluth against a struggling Bulldog team. Leading scorer for Colorado College, the player to watch in my mind is Hunter McCown, who has nine goals and three assists on the season. And then their freshman goaltender, who was the NCHC goaltender of the month for November, King Embarucco, uh, always hard to pronounce uh, some of these names. He played for the Lincoln Stars last season, and he currently has a 2.31 goals against average and has a 4-6-1 and one record for Colorado College. So he's going to be an exciting player to watch. Lots of good Young talent coming in there, a former UNO assistant, uh, Peter Menino, is there recruiting players. Uh, UNO fans uh, will <laughs> will remember him. Just I'll tell you what, Colorado College needs to keep an eye on uh, Peter Menino's uh, laptop if things go south. And then former UNO forward Noah Prokop is on the team. Uh, uh, fans, uh, fans will remember him with the uh, UNO, so he's always a player to watch. I know he gets excited when he, uh, when he plays uh, UNO each season. So it's an interesting series going in. I'm just going to be bold. The team's very excited. They need these points. They're four points. Out of first place currently in the NCHC, we're currently sitting uh, in third place at this early point in the season. A couple of wins out in Colorado Springs would be big. So I'm calling it again. I'm going to say UNO goes to Colorado Springs. They go to Ed Robeson Arena and we sweep. I I just look at this team. I look at the attitude so far. I, I look at the dynamic that's going on. Everybody seems happy and they seem happier So I think things are going well. So I'm going to be bold and go with the sweep. What do you say, Bridget? What do you think the outcome is going to be for this uh, upcoming series at Colorado College? Well, I love your optimism. I love your predictions these last two weekends. I hope that you are correct, but I am going to pick a UNO win on Friday night and then a tie, a uh, official tie on Saturday with UNO winning the shootout to get the conference points. So I'm going to say we get five out of six points on the weekend. Um, I'm a little less certain that uh, we can just dominate the way that we did 
you know, on Saturday night against Western, but I'm still hopeful that we come out of there with the majority of the conference points. How about you, Jolene? Well, I've gone back and forth. Like I said, cautiously optimistic, but we have played so well on the road this season. We've put together basically four great games um, in a row now against Denver and, and against Western Michigan. I think I'm going to have to go with John and I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. We sweep Colorado college. I think we can overcome the altitude. We were just in Denver. We, you know, just swept Western Michigan. I, I think we can do it. I'll tell you what, Jason is rolling his eyes at all of us right now. He's going to be like, these predictions were way too optimistic because Jason likes to be the voice of reason on these things. But I like two people picking sweeps and Bridget picking the almost sweep at Colorado College. It's great getting up for the the top 20 opponents, but you've got to find a way to get things done. And as Jolene alluded to, UNO is 5-2-1 on the road this season, so they played really well. Uh, The game on Friday will be at 8.30 p.m. Omaha time, and then the Saturday game will be at 7 p.m. Omaha time. Uh, You can watch those games on NCHC-TV. Uh, The radio broadcast will be on 1290 AM here in Omaha. Be sure to follow Mavpuck on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find links to our social channels at mavpuck.com, as well as back episodes of these podcasts, which we encourage you to watch, like, and subscribe, because that really helps the algorithm, and it really helps keep us going uh, when we get that kind of support. And until next time, go Mavs! Go Mavs! Go Mavs!